Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. I don't typically read Politico, but today I was... Doing a little research on the Newsom-DeSantis debate because I did not watch it live. I'm trying to think of what I watched last night instead. Maybe I watched a little bit of Jeopardy, maybe some Office reruns. I didn't watch this debate live, but the cuts have been pretty good, and we are going to get to the poop map. But the reason I bring up Politico is because I Googled, I wanted to see what the general reception was from the mainstream media, because typically they love to tell you how the Democrat in a debate just handled the Republican. And there was an entire piece on Politico about the body language. And I'm just going to read you. A little bit of some of that description of Newsom from this Politico article. Newsom's pearly whites were the perfect contrast. Throughout the night, when DeSantis went on the attack, Newsom blunted his blows with that charming smile. It goes on to say later that that smile is perceived as more genuine, authentic, and therefore trustworthy at a subconscious level. He's a broad, genuine smile, it says. So I, I took a little cut of this. I put it on Twitter. And I started getting a lot of replies to it. And, and, you know, I have a decent Jared back and forth with people on Twitter. But I was like, wow, this is really taking off. I wonder why. It's because Red State saw the screenshot. Now they've posted it as well. So people are starting to pay attention to this weird article about the body language. It also said it did criticize Newsom a little bit. It said his eyes would flutter at certain points when he would get nervous. I, I guess one of the moments in the debate, Jared, and I didn't have you pull it, um, but you did anyway because you're just that brilliant had to do with one of the biggest lies that Newsom likes to spread about Florida and Governor Ron DeSantis. And that's the whole don't say gay book banning lie. Because what Newsom and other progressive Democrats want to convince you of is that Governor Ron DeSantis and conservatives are trying to ban like to kill a mockingbird or something and that they don't want kids to be able to say the word gay. If you read into the parental, uh, parental rights law in Florida, parental rights and education, I think it's called. It actually has to do with keeping pornographic material out of the hands of small children. And this came up because it's one of those things, Jared, where it's amazing how the media keeps propping up this lie when it's so easily debunked because they love to debunk things usually. But in this case, they don't. And this was one of the moments where Politico said that Gavin Newsom's eyes were fluttering because I don't think he was prepared to uh, to answer for this. This is cut two, please. The role of the school is to educate kids, not indoctrinate kids. It's not to impose an agenda. It's to do the basics. And what we've said in Florida is it's inappropriate to tell a kindergartner uh, that their gender is a choice. It's inappropriate to tell a second grader that they may have been born in the wrong body. Now, California has that. Uh, they want to have that injected into the elementary school. My wife and I have a seven, five and a three year old. Uh, we don't think that that's appropriate. And I know most parents 
do not think it's appropriate. Uh, it's also important to respect parental rights to know what curriculum is being used in the classroom, and everything should be age appropriate. I actually have something that I brought that some parents have objected to. So this is a book that's in some of the schools in California. Florida, this is not consistent with our standards, called Gender Queer. I, it's, some of it's blacked out. You would not probably be able to put this on air. This is pornography. It's cartoons. It's aimed at children, uh, and it's wrong. So this should not be in schools uh, when people like on the left say that somehow you're banning books by removing this from a young kid's classroom. No, this is not age appropriate. And so we're going to stand for the rights of parents. I think we need to do that nationwide. I don't think you can have a situation where some states just trample on the rights of parents. Parents have a fundamental right to direct the education and upbringing of their kids. Yeah, and I've always been very disturbed by this lie that's pushed so eagerly by the media and by Democrats. And it's because it's very, if you look at the details involved in this law, they actually have the age on it, like children under the age of, I think it's eight years old, should not be learning about these things. And so then the question becomes, which I heard Bill Maher ask at one point, why do Democrats want children under the age of eight to be learning these things? That's that's the way I think the conversation should go. Like, if you're going to sit here and you're going to criticize Ron DeSantis for what he's implementing in the schools or what he's keeping out of the schools, then I think the way Republicans have to frame it, and, and you could use the same argument on abortion, is, okay, well, I've made how I feel clear. I don't think this pornography should be in the schools. Now what I would like you to make clear, what I would like you to answer for, is why you feel so passionately that it should be in the schools. Why are you so desperate to talk to an eight-year-old about how they're born in the wrong body or how you think they're born in the wrong body? Explain that one to me. I've made it clear that this is where I stand on the limits on abortion. Now, why don't you make it clear where you stand on the limits of abortion? But it's only one side that's required to answer for these things. It's kind of the, yeah, the, the same thing along with, you know, the drag queen story hours in school. Why is it so important to you that a drag queen gets to read to kids? Like, right. Why is that like such a huge die on the hill issue for you. And that's the part of it, Jared, that really drives me crazy and that some Republicans have been great at pointing out. And I heard Tommy Lauren talking about this at one point because they they love to it's all about the framing. I say that all the time, but it's true. They love to frame it like Republicans are making something out of nothing. Well, if it's something out of nothing, then why are you dying on this hill? Like Jared said, why are you dying on this hill that publicly funded libraries should be hosting drag queens to read to five year olds? seems like you care a lot about it. And that's fine if that's what you care about. But then you should have to defend that. The other part of this debate that garnered a lot of attention was the poop map. I'm actually familiar with the poop map because I like to keep up with what's going on in California. Um, And I was glad. Usually I'm not a fan of props. But in this case, I'm glad that DeSantis brought the poop receipts because I thought it played pretty well. So he was discussing how the state that San Francisco is in and anyone who um, has visited San Francisco in the past five, six, seven years or has read anything about it, you're probably aware that things are not going well. Nancy Pelosi and her husband could tell you that and they live in the fancy part of San Francisco. So if that's what's going on in the fancy part, you can just imagine What's going on in the not so nice parts? It's an open air drug market, basically. And there's there's needles everywhere. And as DeSantis points out, there's something else everywhere. This is 
cut three, please. This is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags there. They cleaned everything up. So they're willing to do it for a communist dictator, but they're not willing to do it for their own yeah, they, they rolled out the red carpet for Xi Jinping. Newsom was over the moon. He was ready to run over some basketball players on the court. He was so excited. He put in double the hair gel that day. But for the regular Americans who live in California, no, you're not getting that kind of special treatment. We only clean up the streets when an important guest is coming to town. When Gavin Newsom's new BFF is coming over for a play date. Then he gets it nice and sparkling clean. That should drive every person in California absolutely insane. You're living in a place that's riddled with crime. That used to be beautiful, by the way. I am far too young, humble brag, to remember when San Francisco was supposedly this beautiful American city. But I've had plenty of people tell me about it, including Howie Carr, including my own parents, who went there as part of their honeymoon back in the day. People talk about how it was... It was just the, the greatest spot to be. Everybody wanted to go there. On vacations, with their families. And if you live there right now, and especially if you, you live there right now and you've lived there since then, and you've seen this sad decline of a great American city, that should drive you nuts. It should drive you nuts that the only time that this phony, reptilian, creepy man can garner up any energy to clean up your city is when a dictator is coming into town and that should drive people in california crazy and you know what it doesn't because they keep voting for him they keep voting for these democrat politicians and you get what you vote for i can only feel so bad for people god helps those who help themselves you don't like it stop voting for this dude now they're floating him as the next president Because he's done such a bang-up job with California, people can't get out of there fast enough, so let's give him the whole country. Why not? I guess it's worth a shot. Things are already going so bad. 844-500-4242. I'm a big fan of the poop map. I can tell you that right now. We will be right back. We'll take more of your calls. I want to talk a little bit, speaking of California, Kamala Harris is on a trip. You know what we can do? We can do where in the world is Kamala Harris because she's out of the country today. She's on a big, fancy trip. And it's one of those trips that drives me absolutely crazy. You probably know why. Has to do with climate change. We'll talk about that. We will talk about Bob Menendez at some point. Gold bar Bob. And there's just there's just so much news today. And you know what, Jared? This is one of my favorite kind of news days. You know, where they're, they're, it's a nice mixture. There's light stuff. There's, he- there's serious stuff. But we can, we can cover it all. Oh, and one other thing I wanted to say. I'm not sure if I already made this point today. But I think it's a good point. So I'm going to repeat it. Joe Biden, all of these murmurings in the White House, they're all mad at Joe. They're all mad. They're mad at Antony Blinken. They want them to cave faster. You know, you're not caving fast enough. They have such like a lukewarm defense of Israel in the White House, but it's still too much for the delicate flowers who work for Joe Biden to handle. They're like, no, 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 you need to come out and you need to condemn Israel. 
You need to tell them to stop defending themselves. And it just got me thinking. I'm like, all this internal strife you keep hearing about with the people in the White House, they're really mad at Joe. None of these people, I don't remember anyone being bothered after the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Remember that when the service men and women died, 13 of them were brought back in caskets? I, I don't remember hearing about how everybody in the White House was really disappointed with that bleep show that Joe Biden oversaw and gave the green light to, despite people on the, you know, in the top echelon of his military telling him not to do it, according to reports. I don't remember anyone saying this is a disgrace that our boss allowed this to happen. But now, since he's defending Israel, barely, they've got their panties in a bunch. Uh, We will be right back. We'll take your calls. With the current economy, tensions in the Middle East, I mean, the craziness just doesn't stop. Everywhere you look, she's talking about San Francisco, but it's not just in San Francisco. It's happening everywhere. And it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to feel like throwing in the towel. But it's not the time. It is not the time to forget our fallen soldiers. In fact, despite what's happening around us right now, It is so important, and we have so many reasons to be a grateful nation. And in large part, we have our military and our veterans to thank for our liberties and our freedoms. National Reefs Across America Day is going to be here before you know it. It is Saturday, December 16th. Today is the first day of September, uh, December. So you you have just about two weeks, really, to make this donation and to be part of this wonderful day on Saturday, December 16th. It's such a beautiful ceremony, and it's so easy to be a part of. You can join in the mission. It's more than just remembering our fallen heroes, and it's more than just honoring those who currently serve. It's also about teaching younger generations the value of their freedoms, which I think is such a beautiful part of this message. It's explaining to the younger people that might not fully understand or grasp it why it's so important to thank people who risk it all for us so that we can live in this country, so we can have our, our freedoms and we can express ourselves and we can just be in the greatest country in the world. It's not free. So a $17 donation to wreaths across America, it's not a lot, but it sponsors a fresh handmade balsam wreath from Maine with a single red bow. There are so many people who volunteer for this. It's more than 2 million volunteers and supporters. They'll gather to remember, honor, and teach at more than 4,000 participating locations in all 50 states at sea and abroad. So please sponsor a Veterans Wreath today. Show your appreciation for our veterans. Go to wreathsacrossamerica.org. That's wreathsacrossamerica.org. Please donate now. We'll be right back. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question. Which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com is brought to you by Howie Carr's latest book. I'm going to hold it up right here. It's a really, and you know what always surprises people? I don't know why it surprises people because most of Howie's books are pretty 
pretty long, a pretty good size. It's 325 pages, so he's not skimping on this book. It's Paperboy, read all about it. And for one week only, while supplies last, get free shipping on Paperboy when you order at gracecurlyshow.com and click store. This offer is only on gracecurlyshow.com. Don't go to Amazon. You're not going to get this signed copy. Um, or I'm sorry, you're not going to get the free shipping on Amazon, so you should definitely check that out. It's a really good book, and it has a lot of really good pictures in it. And I've gone through a lot of these chapters. Uh, my favorite chapter, I think right now my favorite chapter is chapter 10, The Dap. I really like that one. But I also like chapter 15, Jailbreak, because I think a lot of the listening audience probably knows what that chapter is all about. Uh, so make sure you check that out at gracecurlyshow.com. Click on store to get Howie Carr's latest book, read all about it. Uh, for one week only while supplies last year, you get free shipping. Now, Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question is, who's better, Billy Joel or Elton John? I'm going with Billy Joel. I like Billy Joel. Um, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a Joel head, like I don't go crazy for him or anything, which I know some people do. Um, my cousin's one of them. She went to his concert and she was like six weeks postpartum and she went to his concert. She loves Billy Joel. But I definitely like him more than Elton John or his music. I would say I'm more familiar with his music. Yes, 54% for Billy Joel, 46% for Elton John. The text line is just on fire well, with this, though. Yeah, 909 uh, brought this up. And this is what I was holding on to for the segment, but uh, to the caller that called in about Elton's songwriting ability, certainly a decent songwriter, but Bernie Topin was his writing partner who wrote a lot of the songs. But that's the thing, that Jared. Will we ever know how many, like, so if you have two people writing a song, we'll never know if it was 50-50 or if one person was writing 90%, the other person was writing 10. Yeah. But we'll never know. That's a mystery. Billy Joel wrote all his own songs, apparently. So. I can already, I'm going to predict this. If Howie's listening right now, then this is going to give it away. But I would venture to say if I ask Howie this question, and I don't know how he feels about either of these performers, but I think his answer would be, can I choose neither? I just think that's going to be... Bob Dylan. Yeah. Is there an option C, Bob Dylan? We'll see. We'll see. We'll ask him uh, later on in the show. Uh, just an uh, update for everybody. Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, the first female Supreme Court justice, dead at 93. This is from the New York Post, broke this morning. Uh, O'Connor, who retired from the high bench in 2006, passed away in her home state of Arizona due to complications from advanced dementia and a respiratory illness. Um, that's just a, a bit of breaking news today. I also wanted to let people know that there is another climate summit going on because we seem to have these almost every weekend. There's a climate summit. And yet... And yet, and I hate to point the finger at my producer, I don't manage blah, to get blah, an invitation blah, blah, blah. to one of these. Not a one climate summit. What do I have to do? I can't get arrested in this town. What do I have to do, Jared, to get an invitation? I'm still negotiating terms on the PJ with the Saudi prince. This says Vice President Kamala Harris, this is from the Daily Mail, left the world's biggest left for the world's biggest climate conference on Friday as critics claim it will have the largest carbon footprint since the annual summit began because of the record number of people invited. I would just add something to that, the Daily Mail. Is it because of the record number of people invited or is it because the record number of people invited will all be taking private planes to get to the climate summit? It's the only choice for somebody like me. He's sending his number two, Joe Biden's sending his number two to represent the United States in Dubai. What could possibly go wrong? 
It says Harris will join 400,000 people who are expected to travel to Dubai. It also says the UAE has said it will offset emissions from the event, but has not provided details of exactly how that will be done. I'm curious. Inquiring minds would like to know. I want to know more about this offsetting business and how I can possibly get into it at some point. I'm sure it's very lucrative, like all these other grifts they got going. Emma Foley joins us for last call. She's going to try to make the case for Sir Elton John. Don't go anywhere. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. The Second Amendment is so important. Just like all other rights, the best way to keep any of our amendments alive is to come down and experience your right to keep and bear arms. Come into Cape Gunworks, try a range experience package, or rent a gun on our wall and see if firearms are right for you. We have private lessons and date night every Friday. All of these activities don't require a gun license. Come into Cape Gunworks or go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Usually everyone gets along pretty well at work, but not all the time. And recently it's been, it's been tense. And that's because there's a debate brewing here at the Grace Curley Show. And it's about Billy Joel versus Elton John. And I know what you're probably thinking, are either of these people in the news? No. No, but it's Friday, and it's something Emma Foley feels very passionately about. And because it's time for Last Call, Jared, I think we should get it going. Last Call! Time now for your end-of-the-week wrap-up with Emma Foley. It's Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Let's go! Last Call! Last Call! Last Call! Let's go! Last Call, everybody. I will say this is becoming quite the fan favorite. I don't know if it's like the Philadelphia contingency who's been logging in and listening, but... Keep it up, Emma. What do you got for us today? Okay, so first I need to back up Sir Elton John. So this all started when Taylor was probably singing very loudly, Billy Joel in the back. I said, no one asked for this, Taylor. I said, Billy Joel is just an off-brand Elton John. If I wanted that type of camaraderie music, which I think it is, everyone knows the lyrics, I'd play Elton all day, every time. And then, and then they came for me. Yeah. All of them. They ganged up on you. Yes. I've been there before. So now it's the poll question. And I have to, I have to fight for Elton John. He's not doing so hot in the polls, but Elton John is knighted, which Billy would, will never be knighted. Um, yeah, but I don't, <laughs> we're, we're talking, so we're talking music here. Like that doesn't That's really like saying, affect Oh music. yeah, I have a great relationship with my ex-wife. Who cares? Oh, Taylor Cormier is an inching closer to the mic. Let's get ready to rumble. This is America. Being knighted is a mark against you. Okay. Okay, stay there, though, because you're going to have to do better than that. Um, go ahead, Emma. Keep going. Is Billy Joel featured in any pre-woke Disney movies? Oh. Yes, he is. Which one? Uh, was it a Disney film? Uh, it was about dogs. Oliver, uh, Oliver, Oliver's Journey or something. Couldn't have been that good. Can't even remember it was. It was kind of an offbeat Disney film. Okay, dogs versus lions, though. Oh, yeah. John's in the Lion King. Oliver and he, Company. No one it, knows what that is. What did he sing in the Disney Lion King movie? Thank Can you, you feel the Free love Can tonight? Can you feel? Wait, why did I think Taylor? Who's the other guy who sings a lot on the Disney soundtracks? And when? No, no, it's usually when it's a a lot of drums. Phil Collins. Yeah, I thought that was The Lion King, was Phil Collins. That is The Jungle Book. That is The Jungle Book. Okay, 
Well, yeah, you're right on that one. That is a great song. That was not the Can jungle. you was, uh, feel? Oh, you are correct. Who's the Jungle Book? <laughs> Louis. Louis. Jungle Book is. <laughs> it's uh, the most chaotic. Yes. Um, okay, so Elton John sings about the cosmos while Billy Joel is stuck singing about everyday life. Elton John sings about what we could be. Billy Joel is stuck singing about Allentown, Pennsylvania. And as a Pennsylvanian, I'm here to say it's just it's not good enough. This this is what you brought to the table. Elton I think she's got some good points and points. depth. These are not points. And he you're, transcends time. He just came out with a hit. Of, of- with Dua Lipa, who if you don't know who Dua Lipa is, she's like a pop star, which shows that Elton can transcend time and possibly space. Rocket Man? Okay. My you, case have to, you, have to, you have to rebut. You can't just say okay. I didn't know this was a formal debate. Oh, well, that's not an excuse. <laughs> that's not, no, no, no. We, he's sweating. Oh, no, he's sweating. I'm not sweating. He's getting nervous. It's getting tense. Right, Go pull so your he, sound cuts. Now I have to, now oh, I have to back up George Santos. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, we're just going to move on? Wait, do I, am I the moderator? Am I the Chris Wallace in this situation? Grace Wallace? Always, always Chris Wallace. Oh, he's putting on the headphones. Okay, hold on. Give him him his chance. He's going to, he gets his time. You did mention his name quite a few times, so he gets 15 seconds. First of all, I didn't hear most of your points. The ones I did hear were complete nonsense. They weren't points at all. They were just, I love Elton John more than Billy Joel. Never said that. Yeah. L word was not dropped. So Billy Joel, though he didn't have as many top 40 hits, as Elton John, I believe he's a more accomplished musician. Elton John's songs are simply chord progressions. His, his style of music is just banging on the piano in a chord progression, whereas Billy Joel is more an accomplished, pian- accomplished pianist because he's much more jazz-like. He's got a lot more elegance to his touch, and he writes his own music. He sings his own music. He doesn't use as many filters on his own music. Benny and the Jets, by the way, not a live performance, not recorded live. That was a studio version. They added in all that crowd noise. So who is trying to get some more attention here? Can I can I just point something out? I don't know if this is Howie Carr who's texting in, but he said, Curly, Bob Dylan received a Nobel Peace Prize or a Nobel Award for all the songs he wrote. Not kidding. Perhaps our next poll can be... Elton John versus Bob Dylan. But we know Elton John will come out on top, no matter what. I would vote for Elton John. <laughs> Everyone go Bob to GraceCurlyShow.com. Yeah. Show your love for Elton John in the poll. Wait, Taylor, can I also ask you, when we bring Howie on... Billy Joel was married to a supermodel, Christy Brinkley, right? Yeah, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Right, there you go. Also divorced from a supermodel, though, so... You can't take it away from me. <laughs> Wait, Taylor, yeah. can you give us your best impression of when Howie... Because you know Howie's hearing this and rolling his eyes into the back of his head going, who cares? But... When we ask him in oh, the no, car he's, crossover, he's definitely. What's he going to say? Go, go, ask, ask him the poll question. Howie, thanks for coming on for the car crossover. What do you think of the poll question? You think Billy Joel or you think uh, Elton John? Come on, Grace. Elton, come on. You know me. I think he's an Elton guy. Really? Absolutely. I don't think he's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm. I'm. I don't know. He hates Billy Joel. Okay. Okay. I'm Great minds think sure. alike. Okay. Whatever. Okay. All right. Well, that was whew, as the moderator. I'm going to say Taylor had a lot of good points there at the end because he is musical, you know, and so he did bring some some facts. But then I he liked- brought in personal life, and he started out. He said, "Emma, no personal life, just because he's jealous that Billy Joel will never be knighted." Okay, I think it's I think it's time to move on to George Santos. George before Santos, it gets out of hand. Sorry to see you go, George Santos. You were here for a good time and not a long time. <laughs> a lot of people don't mention that George Santos actually sponsored the bill that 
make sure there will be no more federally enforced vaccine mandates. So the federal government can no longer give federal dollars to public schools to enforce enforce vaccine mandates. This is huge. And this was this was just two weeks ago. So on his way out, he left us with something good. I think that the GOP establishment was worried what he would do in his next eight, nine, 12 months before he was gone for good. And I'm not sure if he would have been gone for good. Like, you can always say, I'm not going to run again, but once you get a taste of it, you know what I mean? By the way, I got to read you some of these, Emma, because this is nuts. The text line's blowing up. Um, 508 says, I cannot believe I am on Team Taylor and I am against Emma. I'm glad that you can't believe it. Elton wrote the music. Um, Tucker Taylor's right on this. Cannot believe I'm saying that. Okay, so it seems like a lot of people are being won over by Taylor, but Emma, I appreciate you for making your case. And can I tell you a story? I know this is uh, Emma's sure. last call, but I wanted I wanted everyone to hear this because it's a pretty amusing story. Senator Bob Menendez has been in hot water, okay? And for good reason. If you know, there was a raid, there were gold bars involved. And yesterday I was talking about Abby Lowell because... Abby Lowell's representing Hunter Biden, represents a lot of big names. I think at one point represented Jared Kushner, um, has represented people all across the political aisle. And I was laughing about this because I said, Abby Lowell actually got Bob Menendez off the first time around. His first acquittal also for bribery charges. And so I was laughing because I was like, if I was Abby Lowell and I got Bob Menendez off, his I don't know if people are familiar with his first round of charges, it was pretty obvious that he did something wrong. But again, talented lawyer. He got by, skin of his teeth, managed to get away with it. And so I said yesterday, if I were Abby Lowell and he called me again, I would be like, dude, I cannot perform a miracle twice. Like, I got you off the first time. You're stupid enough. And of course, I agree with Howie. It is selective targeting of certain Democrats right now by the Biden administration and by these agencies. But either way, you got away with it the first time. If you can't keep your nose clean, that's your problem. And just like that, Abby Lowell, no longer the lawyer. So it says the New Jersey Democrat quietly split from his longtime powerhouse lawyer, Lowell, and instead signed up with a Washington-based attorney, Robert Luskin. But here's the best part. Ironically, for Menendez, who's fighting charges that he took bribes in gold bars, we saw pictures of the gold bars, bars, uh, Luskin was himself once paid in gold bars by his client. So Robert Luskin's nickname as a lawyer is Gold Bar Bob. And now Gold Bar Bob is representing Gold Bar Bob. So meta. Isn't it? It's crazy to me. Why is it that we've never seen a gold bar? Like what? I know. I And I think that's part of this whole thing. So George Santos, you can kind of... You, it's easy to believe that he was fraudulently renting, moving money around because that's Botox, roulette, things of that nature. Right, that's more of the common person thing. But we, we peasants have never seen a gold bar. You can get one at Costco. I did read about that. You can buy them at Costco, um, and you can obviously buy gold. But I know what you're saying. Like it's not my first thought as far as things that I would be. It sounds rather silly. Yeah, but I mean, for Bob Menendez, he had several, I think. Uh, One other thing I wanted to tell you, Emma, before you leave here. We've been talking a lot, and since you like a conspiracy theory like everybody else, we've been talking a lot about Jeffrey Epstein um, lately because 
the story came out about this brothel in Boston and they did not release the client list. And a lot of people, when I leave here, will ask me, are we ever going to get that list? Like, why aren't we finding out who these people are who are using this brothel? And of course, my response is, you know why we're not finding out because it's not going to damage Republicans. Otherwise, we'd already have the list. And the same thing goes for information about Jeffrey Epstein. And so Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee is fighting for the Epstein flight logs, which a lot of people have been demanding for years now. I want to play this cut and we can have you react, Emma. This is cut eight. Well, if you were not watching C-SPAN and if you didn't see that Judiciary Committee hearing today, this was quite a mess. But we were trying to get my subpoenas of Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs and the subpoena of Sotomayor and her book deal, things that weren't reported, but we have found out about this through the news. And, of course, the chairman blocked it all, cut it off. That's not how this committee is supposed to work. Emma, do you think we will ever get the Jeffrey Epstein flight logs? And then, Jared, I know that you're probably chomping at the bit. We'll ask you the same question. I think there is strategy in the Republicans getting something like the the Jeffrey Epstein flight logs, holding on to it until it's politically advantageous. However, this involves potentially children, potentially trafficked women. We need to get them immediately. I, I mean, it's it's nothing. We can't be holding on to this. The brothel in Cambridge and Somerville and wherever else they were trafficking these women, they might hold on to that and use it when it's politically advantageous, such as we're seeing with Eric Adams right now. But if there if there are minors involved, we need to get this out ASAP. That's a really good point. Like, you know, there's people's lives are at stake here. There's people who uh, deserve justice and to hold on to it for political biases is just not right. And I think I I tend to think that is what's happening. Jared, what do you think? You think we'll ever see them? No, we'll never see them. Never. Never. Jesse Waters also commented on it. I want to play one more thing here. This is cut nine. Jesse Waters was calling out Dick Durbin. Um, cut nine, please. Why is Senator Dick Durbin covering up for Jeffrey Epstein? Jeffrey Epstein's a dead child trafficker. And Senator Marsha Blackburn tried subpoenaing Jeffrey Epstein's flight log earlier today. And Senator Dick Durbin blocked it. Epstein's been dead for four years. Why can't we see who was on his jet? Why can't we know who went to his island? We already know Bill Clinton flew on Epstein's jet at least two dozen times. So who's Dick Durbin protecting? I assume Durbin isn't protecting a dead pedophile because he's a pedophile and he's dead. So Durbin's protecting the associates of a dead pedophile. Durbin's office says, oh, well, you know, they didn't have enough time to schedule a vote on the subpoena. Okay, they'll have time tomorrow. You're the Senate whip, Dick. You can make time. And they got a subpoena to go through Melania's underwear drawer. So you should be able to subpoena the Epstein flight logs. And Epstein had surveillance videos and hard drives seized by the FBI in Palm Beach, New Mexico, Manhattan, and in the Caribbean. It's almost like the government has no interest in tackling international sex trafficking. This means Epstein was intel, and Durbin is covering up for the entire op. What a bunch of animals, and how dare they pretend to care about women and kids. Yeah, and we have seen some information come out about his Google calendar, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's meetups with people. He was flying to Paris to meet with 
certain people, um, you know, elite, liberal in some cases, not all cases, there were conservatives as well, but he had a lot of high-powered connections, and we did get a little bit of that, but I think Jesse Waters is onto something. Even if Dick Durbin has a long list of excuses, at a certain point, you should be able to figure out how to get these these flight logs to the American people. Yeah, unless the people holding back the list have a specific reason for holding back the list. That's all we're going to say. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Antony Blinken. He had this to say about uh, Israel. He told Israel um, that as far as the next phase in the Gaza operation, I don't think you have the credit for that, he told the defense minister, about his stated goal to dismantle Hamas, even if it takes months. So he's telling Israel they don't have the credit to dismantle Hamas. And yet when it comes to Ukraine, we told them, you have credit as far as the eye can see. There's never going to be a time where you have to worry about anything. If you've tried the Thunderstorm air purifier from Eden Pure, you know how well it works. We love the Thunderstorm in the office because sometimes, sometimes people will microwave things for lunch and that can get a little dicey. Don't you think, Emma? Yes. And people in the office also bring in cans of tuna fish. <gasps> Yes. That tuna fish was knighted. <laughs> yes. I have occasionally opened up a can of tuna fish in the office. And then what I do is I turn on the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It does eliminate the smell right away. This is the perfect product if you want to eliminate kitchen odors, if you want to eliminate damp, musty basement smells. And like I said, in the office, it's great because I don't know about whatever offices you guys are working in, but most of them, you don't have access to opening windows. I know in these these offices, we can't open our windows. So you want to keep the air fresh. You want to keep it flowing. You want to keep it pure. And with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack, you can also give one as a gift. We're heading into Christmas. They come in their own individual boxes, which wrap up really nicely. It's the perfect gift, and it's a great way to get three gifts knocked out at a very, very good price. So order your Thunderstorm 3-pack now at EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE and get free shipping. I don't want you to forget the code GRACE, G-R-A-C-E, because... Sometimes people will message me and say, you know, I put it in and I got the three pack, but I didn't get free shipping. You have to use code grace and then it will take the shipping. Poof. It will just eliminate it. So use code grace at EdenPureDeals.com. Don't forget the code grace. Emma Foley, last call. Thank you very much. And we will be right back with more. Don't forget Turtle Boy at two o'clock. This is the Grace Curley Show. You're listening to the Grace Curley Show. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. You still have time to vote. You want to vote for Elton John, Billy Joel. I won't judge you. You vote with your heart at gracecurleyshow.com. Um, there was a story today, it was according to a Channel 12 report, reading now from Red State, that Antony Blinken clashed with Israel's war cabinet about the next phase in the Gaza operation. And I want to give credit here to Bonchi because I don't know if I would have necessarily um, put these two things together in my mind, like the way that this is, the dichotomy of how we handle Ukraine versus Israel. But when you think about Blinken and Biden and the way they've really just bent over backwards 
to show their support for Ukraine and to really show their never ending support for Ukraine versus Blinken telling the defense minister of Israel that his plan to dismantle Hamas, that he doesn't think he has the credit for that. That's a pretty stark difference from what we saw in and what we are still currently seeing in Ukraine. And I keep reading all these stories about how Congress wants to put all of these uh, strings attached to aid for Israel. And Tom Cotton responded back to this Blinken story and said, the idea that after the worst massacre of Jews since the Holocaust, Israel needs credit to defend itself is outrageous. Blinken and Biden should be ashamed. The American people stand with Israel, even if Biden does not. Biden does not. And that's going to happen. The caving is going to happen very soon because he's panicked that everybody's mad at him. We'll be right back.